1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient, comfortable.
0: Ah. Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. At the time this episode is being released, we are now officially in the first week of July. Summer is in full swing. And if you're anything like me, you are feeling what I call the summer frenzy, which is that pressure to be super busy all summer long. Or maybe you're looking at your planner like I am and you're realizing that every weekend from now basically till the end of summer is accounted for. Now, don't get me wrong. I love summer more than anyone. However, sometimes it can be a little bit stressful when you feel constantly booked, constantly busy, constantly rushing from one thing to another so I really really want to encourage you on your own personal journey to find balance and well-being to really take some time for you this summer. I know especially for those of us in the Pacific Northwest we really feel a sense of pressure to be out and about and do all of the things because our weather here is real questionable but really really try to create some time in your schedule that is downtime or maybe just free open time where an adventure can come to you, but don't feel the need to stress yourself out having to do all of the things this summer. I'm giving you the advice that I also need to be Mm -hmm. giving myself because y'all, my summer is looking real, real booked and busy right now in an amazing way. Um, But I, I definitely will be looking forward to those pockets of alone time. So that's kind of my little bonus wellness nugget of the week is now that we are in summer, make sure you take some time for you. Before we dive into this week's interview, I wanted to share with you the review of the week. It says, this show is my favorite part of Tuesday. When I found Les's podcast this winter, I didn't realize how much it would impact so many facets of my life. Like, girl, I wear sunscreen on the daily now. That's because of Black Girl Sunscreen and this podcast. My skin thanks Balanced Black Girl podcast for that and so much more. Les' words and interviews resonated so well with me that I binged all the past episodes till I caught up to the new releases, and I'm so glad I did. Each interview highlights rad women who are moving and shaking, sharing their truth, and changing the world, most of which i started following on IG and am loving each of them. Every Feel Good Friday episode feels like morning coffee with the bestie who's dropping gems to energize me and help me develop positive habits to live my best life. Thank you, Les. It's hearing you advocate that helps me remember to take up my space on and off the yoga mat and make sure I show up to represent. Balanced Black Girl Podcast has changed the way I define self-love and helped me improve the way I show up for myself. Les is Black Girl Magic in Motion. And that was a review from Taylor. So Taylor, thank you so much for that review. I think you are Black Girl Magic in Motion really this show would not exist without incredible listeners who take the time to listen to the episodes each week and who share it with their friends and leave reviews like you did so thank you so much for listening thank you so much for leaving that wonderful review and three snaps to you for getting on your sunscreen habit you know we are big fans of sunscreen here at balanced black girl protecting that melanin i personally love using black girl sunscreen which is a balanced black girl podcast partner of ours. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So protect that melanin, y'all. Get that SPF, especially during the summer, but really we need it all year round. Also, if you miss our Feel Good Friday episodes, make sure that you are a part of our Patreon community. So Feel Good Friday episodes are no longer published publicly, but they are published within our Patreon community. For those who support the show, you can find them there. And then here publicly is where we still share the Tuesday interviews and longer Episodes. So if you are missing those Feel Good Friday conversations, that's Coffee with Your Bestie, aka me. They are still happening. They're within the Patreon, and I would love to have you be a part of that community as well. If you have not yet left us a review on Apple iTunes, please do so. It is a huge, huge help to the show and is just the best thing that you can do to support the show. It really is how people find out about the show it is how itunes determines who hears the show and i just really really appreciate hearing your thoughts insights and feedback so again if you have not yet left a review for balanced black girl podcast on apple itunes please do so it really really helps us out So today's interview was a really, really fun one. And I have to say when it comes to Balanced Black Girl, my favorite part by far is interviewing. I had taken a little hiatus from interviews. We had some fun kind of rewind and solo episodes, but I'm so excited to be bringing interviews back because talking to the women that I get to interview on this show is by far my favorite favorite part of this platform and today's interview is no exception. So today's guest is Moji Egan who is the founder of Blue Daisy Consulting, a sustainability consulting company that helps small businesses reduce waste and implement sustainable practices. I had so much fun chatting with Moji I learned so much from her, even in a semi-brief conversation about sustainability, about reducing our waste, about the impact on the environment, how important that is, and how important it is to also make sure that we are centering and including Black women in conversations around sustainability, because that doesn't happen nearly enough. And she reminded me that a lot of practices that those of us who grew up in Black households are accustomed to are actually sustainable practices things that are ingrained in our childhoods that a lot of our families did are actually rooted in sustainability but we just don't really talk about it because it's who we are and it's what we do and making sure that those practices are front and center and that we're included in those conversations because we have so many solutions and things that can help is so important I know I also walked away from this conversation with some very actionable changes that I am taking in my own life to really be conscious of my own sustainability habits and my own footprint as well as reducing waste. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what habits you implement after listening to this conversation as well. So without further ado, please tune in to listen to my conversation with Moji. and Enjoy the show. Moji welcome to the show I am so excited to have you here today
1: thanks thanks for having me
0: absolutely so before we dive in can you tell us a bit more about where you're from and what you do
1: yeah so um, I currently live in Seattle Washington but I am originally from Michigan um, from the suburbs of Detroit and that's where I grew up I went to all the way through college there and um, and I studied mechanical engineering. Um, So I was kind of like a nerdy science and tech type of person. Um, And it doesn't really make sense when you look back on it, but um, it kind of makes sense when you put the whole story together. So I started out in the science world with um, engineering, and then after college, I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, And I volunteered with AmeriCorps. So I got to work in a ninth grade classroom on math and science and help um, those students um, with their schoolwork. And that was a really amazing experience um, just because I got to do something different than what I had been doing my whole life. Um, And it kind of got me thinking outside the box in what my career should look like. Um, which brings me to what I did after that, which was moving to Madison, Wisconsin, where I worked in commercial construction for three years. So I jumped from engineering to education to construction, all a very nonlinear um, career <laughs> path and doesn't really make any sense. But I kind of just followed my my gut with what I was interested at the time and um, so I got to work on like school buildings and high rises and apartment buildings for three years, and it was wonderful. Um, and towards my t- end of my time there, I joined my company's green team because I was interested in sustainability, and I always have been. Um, and I wanted to make more change with sustainability in my company. And I was kind of noticing that there wasn't a lot of room for growth in that position. I couldn't really make it my full time job at the time. And I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more hands-on. So I decided that I needed to follow my gut yet again. And I moved to Seattle to work in sustainability. And that's how I ended up starting my company, Blue Daisy Consulting.
0: I love that because I think not enough people are honest about having maybe a non-linear path (laughs) and just that it's okay to try different things and to test different things out. And also what I really loved about what you just shared is you were talking about your interest in sustainability and how you really started fostering that at the company that you were working for. Yes which I think is great, because I know so many people who have kind of an entrepreneurial spirit or who feel like maybe they're not doing what they want to do. But the fact that you were able to take what you were interested in and apply it to where you were at that time is really, really cool.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's called being an entrepreneur. So working within the company that you already work for, and just testing out your idea. So I kind of did it with that kind of security blanket.
0: Totally love it. And you mentioned that you had always had an interest in sustainability. What sparked that?
1: Yeah, so that has always been a through line in my entire life, just in um, small ways. So I can remember when I was like a young kid in like middle school, I would take like paper towel rolls out of the trash bin that my parents would put in there and like put it in the recycling bin and (laughs) sold them and be like, This is recyclable. What are you doing? (laughs) And they still to this day make fun of me for stuff like that. Um, But yeah, even in college, like after that in college, when I was on a low budget, I would eat less meat because it's cheaper. Um, not necessarily for the environmental reasons, but it does have a positive environmental impact. Um, and then once I got out of college and really was able to make my own like consumer decisions and buy my own products and think about that deeper, I stumbled upon the zero waste movement on social media um, and was introduced to that concept. So I was able to kind of connect the dots with all the things that I had been learning and thinking of as a child and as a young adult, and I kind of put it together when I found Zero Waste.
0: So cool. And for those who may not be familiar with Zero Waste living, can you explain kind of what that means or what living a Zero Waste lifestyle looks like?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like a a two, it's like a a shallow and a deep version. So (laughs) the surface level of Zero Waste is just making as little waste as possible. Um, that is what you will probably see if you Google it. It's about um, not throwing away anything, not having any plastic trash. There's a a symbol of a mason jar. If you can fit all of your trash in a mason jar for a year, that's kind of like what people talk about a lot. And that's very much just like, that's not what it's entirely about, but that's what you'll see. Um, What zero waste is really about, it's a systematical idea. So it's thinking about all of our systems, our governments, our corporations, anything that is involved in our economy and how we can make that um, reduce our waste in that system. So that's how I started my business is thinking about I can do my best as an individual to make zero trash, but that doesn't really do much for the bigger picture. Um, You have to think about all of the pieces and it's not just physical trash, but it's also um, environmental justice and making sure that people have access to the things that they need so that it's possible. Because if you think about it, a lot of the things that are traditionally considered sustainable are typically more expensive than Mm -hmm. the non-sustainable options. And not everyone can afford it. Not everyone has the time to research all of these things. So environmental justice is a huge piece of zero waste because if if It's not an accessible solution to everyone. It's not really a solution at all.
0: Ooh, I love that you said that because I think that a lot of the conversations, at least at kind of the the surface level, around sustainability often get simplified down to individual choices. And yeah. yes, our choices as individuals absolutely matter and can make an impact. But also of the bigger companies and corporations and entities that are really doing damage to our planet, a lot of change really needs to happen there as well. And it's so, so important to understand that.
1: Yeah. And a really a jarring statistic that I, I know is for every one pound of um, waste that an individual produces, there's about 70 pounds upstream. So yes. even if, yeah, it's kind of depressing, but if you, even if you do your best as an individual, you still have to account for that 70 pounds that the manufacturer, the shipper, the whatever had to put into that. So it's a bigger problem than just you.
0: Totally, totally. And with your consulting company, Blue Daisy, you focus on helping small businesses integrate sustainability into the core of what they do, um, which is super cool. And I'm sure that they continue to evolve as they scale. Yeah. And to the point that you just made, I think a lot of what we're seeing now is large companies are starting to realize how dire it is that they start incorporating sustainability into what they do. But because they've maybe been in business for so long or have had these practices for so long, they aren't making changes fast enough. Yeah. So if someone listening is thinking of starting a business, what can they do to incorporate sustainability into their business straight out of the
1: gate? I really think it's just starting the conversation. Yeah. A lot of people aren't even thinking about it and it's very much an afterthought or an optional thing in people's minds. And it's not really optional. Um, I know it's, there's nothing forcing anyone to make more sustainable choices, except for like, you know, the impending doom of climate change, but (laughs) there's no like law or anything that's forcing anyone or policy. Um, So it's educating business owners or anyone who has any kind of say in any big decision that as important as, as it is to make profit in a business, it's also important to think about the social and environmental impacts All always in any decision that you make.
0: Totally, totally. And piggybacking off of what you just said, I mean, I would love to get to the really real on why it is so important to care about sustainability and why it's really important to take action like yesterday, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because we don't want to scare anybody, but we do want to have an honest conversation about the state of our environment and where we're at. So for folks who may not be as engaged or aware with what's happening right now, what would you say to them to kind of get them engaged and understanding the importance of sustainability?
1: That is a big question. (laughs) Take Um, your time. Take your time. (laughs) Yeah, there is so much to it. I mean, just about anything that you do, everything that you do has some kind of source from the earth. So if it's water, if it's your food coming from the soil, if it's thinking about the ocean, like everything that we have a relationship with comes from the earth. So If you think about just anything let's just start with like your food right we've as as climate change gets worse we have either flooding we've had a lot of flooding in the midwest where i'm from Um, wildfires over here on the west coast that affects our agriculture and prevents either crop yields from being as successful as they could be or makes transportation from farmers to cities or wherever they need to go to be more difficult So if we just think about that one piece, our food sources are being threatened. So And that comes from us not being aware of where our food is coming from and not being conscious as a society, not as individuals, but as a society about how we're treating our land. Um, So if we are continuing to spray our fields with tons of pesticides and we are just like only doing monocultures which are not refueling the soil and the soil is no longer viable after a few years like that's not a sustainable thing we can do so we have to think about how we're going to treat the earth as if we want to stay here and make sure that it can always be sustainable and giving us what we need we can't take more than we're giving it you know
0: Mm, yes such a good point and that's so so important so, for those who maybe want to take more action towards living more sustainably, where do you recommend people start?
1: Yeah, so I would say I learned a lot of stuff from Instagram. So, mm-hmm. if you
0: where all good things happen,
1: yeah, it's really actually a great resource, it's not as like mindless as people want to think it is. Yeah. Um, but if you search just hashtag zero waste and uh, hashtag environmental justice those two hashtags, you just dig deep in those and you will find so many thought leaders who are already doing this work on every corner of the globe. I've met so many people who are just like in the most random places and there was no way I would meet them if it wasn't for Instagram. And they are on the ground doing either some grassroots organizing, or they are talking to the companies like Apple and all the big, big companies about these problems.
0: Love it. Because it, It's finding information where we already spend a lot of time anyway and really diversifying our feeds to have information that is more educational and helpful. And one thing that you mentioned earlier, which I think is really great to address is that for some people when they hear sustainability or when they think about um, living a more sustainable lifestyle is that it can be seen as more expensive if you maybe buy things from companies that that pledge to have more sustainable products, so on and so forth. So for you, how have you managed to maintain your lifestyle um, in a budget conscious way or do you have recommendations? for how listeners can do so if that's something they're worried about?
1: Yeah, so I would preface that with I I have a lot of privilege where I make my own work schedule. So I work from home 99% of the time so I can be on the internet searching for things. I can go to multiple stores in a day to get what I need done. So that's what works for me. It's not gonna work for everyone. Um, but I would say that Sus- being sustainable in your um, your choices, your consumer choices, can be both more expensive and less expensive depending on how you work it. Um, so it can be less expensive if you can find ways to get things for free. So, for example, um, I'm a part of my neighborhood's buy nothing group, and I've furnished like half of my apartment when I moved here from that group. I got a whole patio set, a bookshelf. Just someone was giving them up. I got it for free. So in that way, it was free to me. It's cheap. Um, On the other side, if you're thinking about like some more ethical fashion that's um, brand new, if you're not thrift shopping or if you're not getting things um, for free, those can be more expensive because um, they want to fairly compensate their workers or buy more high quality materials. So it just matters, it depends on what you prioritize. So if you're not a big shopper like I am, I don't really buy a lot of things just just because um I don't spend that kind of money, but I do prioritize um really good food, really high quality products that I'm gonna spend years on um or have for years to come. Um and that's how I kind of justify some of those more expensive purchases.
0: That is such good advice and totally glad that you plug the Buy Nothing groups. If y'all are not familiar with Buy Nothing groups in your neighborhood, they are amazing, amazing, basically where people who live in your immediate area uh, can just post and share when there's things that they no longer want that they want to just get rid of. And you can get free stuff from your neighbors. Like I love Buy Nothing and have used it a lot as well.
1: It's so great.
0: (laughs) So good. So good. So as you were transitioning to have a low waste or zero waste lifestyle, what were some of the challenges that maybe you faced? Or were there things that were hard to give up and find alternatives for? And how did you navigate that?
1: Yeah, so it was more of just a mindset shift. So just like any type of lifestyle change, whether you're trying to work out more or I don't know, you want to change your diet you have to think really hard and deep about why you're doing it for it to stick. So someone like me who doesn't like to do any like intense workouts, I, I don't love working out. Um, you can't just throw me in a gym and expect me to do something and be successful. Um, but if I really think about why I'm doing it, then I could be more successful. So I had to do that when I was transitioning to be um, live a low-waste lifestyle. And for me, my priorities were um, spending less money and being more conscious with every single um, decision that I made with my money. So I wanted to spend my money with small businesses that I care about, that I align with their mission. And that, like my deeper why is what guides all of my decisions. So once I understood that and I made that like part of who I am, it made it so easy to make that transition.
0: I love that. And I honestly, I think that being really clear and, and having a really good pulse on your why can apply not only to living a lower waste lifestyle or being more committed to sustainability, but really to anything, right? Anytime you're trying to change a behavior, starting with the why is so important. Yeah. Taking a brief pause from our book club chat to talk about one of my favorite sips this season. Summer is right around the corner, which means I plan on spending as much time enjoying the sunshine with an ice-cold beverage in hand as much as possible. My favorite sip at the moment is from our balanced black girl book club partner, Sound Craft Seltzer. It's light, refreshing, and it's fermented from whole ingredients. Personally, my favorite flavor is rosé, which is made from fresh pressed blackberries, because yes, way rosé. For my local Seattle listeners, you can find Soundcraft Seltzer at your local grocery store and at the Woods Tasting Room. And Soundcraft Seltzer is actually available nationwide. If you head to the show notes, we will have a link there where you can find a locator to find Soundcraft Seltzer in stores near you soundcraft seltzer is elevating hard seltzer to a whole nother level yeah so getting back on a personal note as you shared in your story when we first chatted at the beginning of the episode uh, you talked about your midwest roots how you're originally from michigan you spent some time living in wisconsin now live in seattle Community building is a major element of what we do here at Balanced Black Girl. So I'm curious what community building has looked like for you as someone who has worked in different fields, moved to different cities, have a passion when it comes to sustainability and zero waste. How do you find people to connect with who are like-minded in new cities and new spaces?
1: Yeah, so I would say I only really... Understood what that means when I moved here to Seattle. I don't think I intentionally built any community in any space before that. Everything that happened was definitely accidental. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that comes from being um, an introvert. So my default mode is to be in my bed with my cats watching Netflix. That's (laughs) what I want to be doing 99% of the time. And so it makes it hard to put yourself out there. Um, But When I moved to Seattle or even before when I was thinking about moving to Seattle, it was with such a clear purpose of I'm moving there to start this business to, I say that I want to become the person that I've always wanted to be. So I had a very clear vision of who that person is and I just wanted the space to do that. So when I was looking for places to live or people to connect with or just like things to be joining, it was always with that intention of here's where I'm trying to go. Before I was in this move, so before six months ago, I was very much willy-nilly, just kind of going to networking events with no mission or goal. So I think that what has been really beneficial to me is just getting clear on what I'm trying to do, who I am, what I'm about, and entering every space and every room with that intention.
0: Mm, so good. Just doing all things with intention. mm mm-hmm. Moving, community building, building a company, intention all throughout. Yeah. Oh, that is such, such good advice. Mm. So we talked a little bit about Blue Daisy, your consulting company earlier, and I would love to chat with you more about that. We have a lot of listeners who are very interested in entrepreneurship, who love hearing from either side hustlers or entrepreneurs. So I would love to hear what your experience has been like creating your own company and, and building it. So what inspired you to start Blue Daisy and how has your entrepreneurial journey been so far?
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned with my my crazy story, my career path. <laughs> i I wanted to to become or join the sustainability industry when I was at my construction job in Wisconsin. So I was kind of thinking on it. And I was thinking about what that looked like, and I realized that I had no real kind of um, like I had no uh, examples of what my dream career looked like. So even when I was looking, I was Googling like sustainability jobs, what that means, what kind of education do you need? There was no real example that looked like what I was trying to do. So I put out a few feelers to some jobs, just like anywhere in the country, just to kind of see what they were like. And none of them were really resonating with me. So I decided just to kind of create what I thought my dream job would look like and just start there. So I started by going to a um, business um, plan class, not with the intention of starting a business, but just with the intention of seeing what that even looks like. Um, So I developed that and thought about what would I even sell? What would I do? Just like, what would this be about? And I landed on this whole idea of helping small businesses with zero waste with the intention that I want to, to take them on the same journey that I had been on of realizing that your connection with your physical waste can connect you with all aspects of sustainability. So energy, water, sustainable materials, everything that it just kind of starts there because when you kind of, when you get in touch with your physical waste, it helps you understand more physically and more immediately what kind of impact you're having on the environment around you. So if you think about I mean, I did a trash audit when I was back in Wisconsin for the first time. And I saw I had like three Oreos wrappers in the trash Mm. for one week. And that's just like not necessary. But (laughs) I was like, oh, I am spending this much money on snacks that one, aren't really healthy for me. And two, I'm just just eating them mindlessly. I'm not really thinking about it. I'm not being intentional. Mm. So getting that awareness on what we're throwing out and what we're bringing into our lives or our companies. Is the journey that I wanted to take other people on. So when I realized that, I started kind of like got the ball rolling, thought that this was actually a good idea that's worth exploring. Um, so I started doing informational interviews with local businesses. I, that's how I started my blog um, on bluedaisy.com. I just started talking to business owners that I had known that were already thinking about sustainability and asking them why and what do they do and what made them make those decisions just to understand what the what the, the playing field looked like for these kind of solutions. Um, and once I did that, I just decided that, yes, this actually is a good idea and something that people need. So I decided to to go for it.
0: Love. And what I also love about what you shared in that story was how talking about doing your trash audit and looking at what you threw out made you think more about what you were kind of bringing into the first place, right? Like bring into your life, bring into your body that you consumed and that you're able to help other people recognize that same thing. I think that that's such, just such a good story for people who are interested in entrepreneurship to hear of one, if you don't see opportunities that are what you want, create it. And if you don't see solutions for problems you want to solve, create those solutions. And Somewhere in the middle is where you can usually find your thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. So one other thing that I would love to just get your perspective on, especially for someone like me, who I am not necessarily the most versed in the sustainability space, is around diversity in the sustainability space. So for you as a professional who's a consultant in the space, um, do you find that there are conversations about sustainability happening in diverse spaces? What does that look like for you as a black woman working in sustainability or even having a background in engineering, I could imagine, is maybe not the most diverse space? And yeah. what have those experiences been like for you?
1: Yeah. So that was actually a big part in me, like a kind of a, the, the tailwind behind me deciding to actually do this yeah. besides just letting it be a good idea that sticks in my head is that there, I could not find a single black woman in charge of a sustainability company or like business. And the problem with that is that I know that black women or women of color are so much a part of the sustainability movement that we essentially invented sustainability that, I mean, I can remember my mom having a plastic bag full of plastic bags under the sink that she kept from every grocery ship so that we could reuse them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is sustainability. Yep. Um, diluting the soap um, that we bought with water so that it lasts longer. Again, sustainability. So that is something that is intrinsic to people of color be- out of necessity And it just doesn't look as shiny and as fun as the sustainability industry wants it to look like. Um, So when I was looking for a job and I saw that there were no people of color, let alone Black women, in charge of anything, I decided, why not me? I mean, maybe I don't have years and years of experience, but I do have the base education and I'm willing to learn. And that's really all you need to be successful in anything. So I decided to just go for it.
0: Girl, preach. I <laughs> honestly love everything that you just said. And I really never thought about it that way. And I think probably most people, I'm not going to say all because I don't like absolutes, but yeah. most people, if you grew up in a black household, probably have like the plastic bag full of plastic bags mm-hmm. under the sink in the kitchen like it's something that I know my family had I know so many people who did and when you think about what sustainability is it is simply consuming less and things like that I mean you are totally right it's not super glamorous um, but those types of practices are totally what it's all about and are absolutely ingrained in in our culture
1: exactly so it's just bringing that new not new perspective but that different perspective to the forefront, because so many discussions, not only in sustainability, but other industries are very much centered around white men. And they are the ones who are starting these conversations and dictating where things go. And so I have the privilege to be able to take that risk and put my voice out there.
0: Yeah. And you're, you're putting your voice out there for something that is so important because mm-hmm. all of us depend on it. Right. Yeah. So, Moji, what does self-care look like for you?
1: That honestly depends on the day. (laughs) Um, I mean, I define self-care as being just being good to yourself in whatever physical, mental, emotional, financial, spiritual, any way that you needed at the time. So, I mean, scheduling a break in your workday and just taking a walk if you're feeling stressed or anxious or giving yourself a healthy meal if you if you don't have time to to eat that day. Really taking time to get yourself nutrition because that's going to help you in the long run. Um, meeting with a friend. If you've decided sometimes I just lock myself in my apartment for weeks and I just need to get work done and I don't reach out to my friends. So reaching out to a friend and talking to them and re- reinstating that human connection. All of those things count as self-care for me.
0: I love it. And I love that you described it as dynamic because I totally think that the self-care that we need is going to depend on where we're at and what's going on and and tapping into what our needs are. Yeah. I love that. So for our listeners who are hopefully inspired to make some sustainable changes after listening to this conversation, if there was like One action that you would recommend people take to either live a lower waste lifestyle or to walk away from this episode doing what would that one thing be?
1: I would honestly suggest doing an audit of your trash Mm, and of your finances. Both of those things are really, really eye opening. Um, And I mean, I know it's very pop culture, but Marie Kondoing it and just asking what brings you joy—Are you spending your money? on things that you actually value and want in your life? And are you um, bringing things into your life that you actually want and value? So doing an audit of those two things, money and trash, really can open your eyes to, hey, wait a minute, I'm spending half of my paycheck on things I don't really care about. Maybe I should change that. And that's a really good place to start.
0: Oh, that's so good. So really taking a hard look at what you're bringing in and what you're throwing out. Oh, so good. I know I'm gonna definitely do both of those things after this conversation. Awesome. (laughs) Especially the trash audit, because I've really never done that before, but I think that it is such a good idea.
1: Yeah, I mean I have a pair of a pair of gloves if you want to borrow them. If you don't want to get dirty in there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely need it. So Moji, what does being a balanced black girl mean to you?
1: I really think it means just Balancing two things, balancing your personal needs and the needs of the world. So, your first priority should always be yourself and making sure you're taking care of yourself, like I said, with your physical, mental, emotional needs. And then, once you're able to do that and you're stable in that, sharing that with the world and sharing your black girl magic with everyone. Because once you've taken care of yourself and you are in touch with what you have to offer, or even if you're not sure, but you want to explore things, giving yourself the space and the opportunity to do that, um, I think makes you a balanced Black girl.
0: Oh, so good. So, so good. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
0: So how can our audience keep in touch with you? How can they learn more about Blue Daisy? Where can we keep in touch?
1: So you can find me on Instagram, my personal Instagram, Is at Hippie Moji and my business Blue Daisy Consulting is just at Blue Daisy Consulting and our website is bluedaisy.com.
0: Perfect. And we'll make sure we have all of that linked in the show notes so that you all can follow Moji so that you can follow Blue Daisy and maybe let us know how your financial and trash audits go. Tag us, let us know how they go. I will let you know how mine goes. (laughs) And we can keep the conversation going that way. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course.